welcome. Um, many of you have been gone and uh, are now back uh, from travels, and we're glad that you're here. Uh, we know that in a few weeks you'll actually be awake um, in the morning. Some of you come from places where it, uh, it takes a little while uh, to get acclimated. It, you know, it's, an all, it's a new year at All Nations, and uh, as much as we're thankful to have this space in place, we're hopeful that in, uh, by the end of this year, if not before, that God will provide another place uh, for us to meet as a community. Um, and for the next two weeks, I'm really going to be talking about that subject, about community. What does it mean to be community? What's necessary, both internally but also externally, uh, to be a community? And you may have noticed that somewhere close to you, there's a sheet of paper that has a, a way that you can uh, express interest in terms of volunteering, as well as on the back. You may not have noticed there's uh, some information about kind of the ministries of All Nation Church. We'll get to this, so not to worry. Uh, but I, I do have two things that I'd like to do today. One of them I'll, I will probably continue to do uh, next week as well. Is, is one is the reality of a community is there are lots of different things, especially at this church, are lots of different things for people to do. Uh, they can be little things uh, like um, that are very important, like greeting this morning. I don't think that was probably that hard for Marsha, except for getting up and uh, being here and traveling from France to be here on time to do that. Um, but there are also other things that are a little more challenging and take a little more time, like Sunday school and uh, maybe uh, setting up and, and bringing those things in. But you may not notice this. You may just come, and especially if you're new here, you may come and say, oh, this was nice. Everything was just set up just right. That's wonderful. It just kind of happens. It, you know, It's like your clean house. It doesn't just happen, does it? Somebody behind the scenes is doing different things um, to make that happen. But that's not what is most critical. It is important that in the community, and I'm speaking primarily to people who have been here for a while, not for people who are new, but if this is your community, if you've chosen All Nations Church to be a part of as your community, your faith community. Um, but the second is, is as important, probably more important than actually doing something. It's, it's the why, isn't it? If we do something for the wrong reasons, even if it's a good thing over time, we'll resent it, get angry about it, frustrated because things are not working the way we hoped or expected or wished that they would. And it becomes very, and after a while we get discouraged because things are hard. And so it's really critical that we, we do what we do for the right reason. That the right motivation is there in our lives. We don't serve just because there are needs, but we serve because God created us once we came into a relationship with him to serve other people. And by that serving, not only to benefit them, but to also grow ourselves into the person that God wants us to be. It affects the community. It also affects us as well. The Bible is full of this theme of serving and giving. Jesus Christ probably by far is the greatest example of someone who served, gave his life. Literally, in the end, gave his life to serve us. And this prayer, we find that theme again. You know, Jesus prayed for you. I don't know if, you, if that has ever been a thought that has come up, but this is what... He's doing right here in this passage. Later on, he is praying for you. He is praying for us, for those who would believe through the apostles' message that went out. He prays for us, that we would become something, that something internally would happen into our life that would affect the externals of our life and affect the people around us in terms of how we live. The internal life that Jesus prays about and that he lived and he gave his life for is this, is that we would reconnect our lives to God, through Him, through Jesus Christ. 
Now, you may grow up and, and uh, maybe you've gone to church and all kinds of different things through your whole life, and you think, I've always felt connected. But the reality of the Scripture says is that we, we are born disconnected from God. That doesn't mean we can't have a sense or a belief that God is there, but the real connection, the connection that, that Jesus has with God, we don't, we don't, we're not born with. And it's a connection that God wants to give us, and that comes through Jesus Christ, that connection. Jesus says in verse 6, of this passage, I have revealed you, God the Father, to the ones that you gave me. There is a revealing of God to us that reconnects us to the God who made us, made us, who loved us, but who oftentimes we miss. Jesus says in verse 3 is that he gave to give eternal life to those that God gave him. And you know, it's a, eternal life may be different than what we think in this passage. We tend to think of eternal life as, okay, we die and then we have eternal life someplace, somewhere. Jesus doesn't talk about it in this passage that way. He talks about eternal life as a relationship. Not as in a future day, but as in a relationship with God right now that goes on and on and on and on. It's not something we wait for or look for. It's something that we are called to experience. Knowing God. He talks about an eternal life that we're supposed to have through Him where we're protected. We're protected from the world around us and the challenges, the difficulties, the hurts, and the pain. We're protected from the evil one who seeks to entrap us and pull us away from God. But we're also protected so that we can have something really important in community, and that's this. Unity. A sense that we are all together as one people. That's what Jesus is praying for again and again and again in this passage, is that we would have the unity that God wants for us to have. In fact, it talks about, again, Steve mentioned this again and again, the glory. The idea of that is the greatness and the beauty and the majesty of God that we would we would share in that. That's a sermon one day in its own. I, I, it's, it's, it's in my head. It will come out at some point. But here's the crazy, amazing thing. Jesus Christ gave came so that you could share in all of the Take the best thing you've ever tasted, the best thing you've ever experienced, and multiply it by a million, billion, and you're getting close. That's why I came to share, so that we might have this, in, this richness inside with God, this relationship, this depth. It goes on and talks about in verse 13 that, that he, he came and he taught the disciples so that they might be filled with joy. That there might be this inner sense of fulfillment. God's truth, in other words, equals joy. Knowing what's true, having the, the truth revealed to us, brings joy. Doesn't that happen to you sometimes? Maybe you, you're, you've done, you're an artist, or maybe in your work, or in some other way you've done something, and it, everything just works like it's supposed to. And you go, that's great. I mean, I don't know, it doesn't happen that often to me. But maybe to you, sometimes it happens in your work life, or some other time, and you say, you know... This fills you with joy because of, of everything is right. Everything is the way it's supposed to be. There's joy. And then ultimately, God says in this reconnecting with him, he wants to set us apart. Make, the idea of making us holy is to set us apart for a different purpose. In other words, we came into this life with one purpose. And by the way, if you're not sure what that purpose is, look into me. 
our purpose for the most part, that we're most concerned about most of the time is he set us apart from that for a different purpose. To share in his glory and to live in such a way that reflects his beauty and to enter into the place, the connection that we were created ultimately to have. Jesus has a rich life with God the Father and now he says, come and share that richness with me. That's what his prayer is about. Is that they would be able to share that richness even as they live on earth, even as things aren't always right, even as they live in a world that's broken. And they will have pain and suffering and difficulty. You know, as we live in this life, we, we discover truth revealed from God that we can't figure out on our own. And that is a wonderful thing. And God shows us something we never would have thought of. That doesn't necessarily always connect with the way we think. But we go, that's true. Where eternity becomes about a relationship with God rather than the number of days that we'll live forever and ever and ever. Where protection and provision that is promised is something that is given and but never earned. Where we get, we let go of our old mission, which is us, and we start to embrace a new mission, sharing in the glory of God, living a life that brings glory to God, that reflects back to Him the beauty and the greatness of who He is. You know, one of the great mistakes of the Christian church throughout the history, and there are a lot of them, is that oftentimes we expect Christian behavior and we, we, do, we expect Christian service without an, a, a heart change, without that connection of the relationship with God, without a sense of, you know, what, what God and Jesus shared for eternity as Father and Son with the Holy Spirit, now He invites me to share in as well. And out of thankfulness, out of appreciation, I get to serve. I get to live in a new way. I get to think about other people. Service, instead of becoming, instead of being a need to or a have to, becomes a thank you or an I, I enjoy you. It's not worth it anymore because we serve for the pleasure and the joy of God who has given so much to us. John 14 through 17 carries throughout it the theme of this relationship that Jesus has with God that he invites us into to share in his glory, and through that, to serve with Jesus as our example, who gave all for God and for us. In verse four, in uh, verse 1 of chapter 17, he, he says this, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that he can give glory back to you. And that hour in which Jesus said, I'm going to glorify you, was the hour of his death. It wasn't, it wasn't the high point from a physical human perspective, but from a what all that God was doing perspective, from the ability to bless and to serve and to give to many, it was the high point. And that was the glory. The greatness of God shown through the life of Jesus. God desires for us to have that in, internal experience with Him. Before we serve. If we don't, then we'll serve. But in the end, we'll feel it's a burden. In the end, when frustrations come, we'll blame people. Instead of seeing it as an opportunity for me to grow, to become all that God wants for me to be, and for this community that God has put me in to become something that reflects. 
our, our desire as a community is to be a place where people can ask questions, where people can, can, can wonder, where people can go, I'm not sure, where people can discover truth revealed by God, not because it's been forced, but because there's a freedom to talk and to think, to question, to disagree, but to experience the love of God which hangs in there with us, even when we don't always deserve it. To have an internal life of joy with the Father. How's your internal life? Is that something that you've thought about maybe as you enter into a new year? What's going on in here with me and God? I mean, it's really easy to think about sometimes, I don't know, for, for me at least naturally, it's easy to think about what's going on with, with me and my family or with me and my work or with me and, and other relatives or, or uh, other projects. But how about God? If that is the, the wellspring, the place that our energy flows, our relationship with God, where is it at? What does it mean? Is it connected? Disconnected? Are you angry? Afraid? Hopeful? Alone? Jesus says, I, I came and gave my life to take that away. I came and gave my life so that you always had a place where you were known and you were loved, where you could find direction and hope in the midst of the turmoil of this life. Walk with me, and I will give you rest. A thousand things call to us every day, don't they? I must do. I got to buy. I, I have to hurry. I got to do it now. Go here. Be there. And the urgent becomes the enemy of the most important thing. We miss God. And we miss that he doesn't, didn't just want to know us in the future, but he wants us to know him now. That is eternal. Know God now and in the future. What can we do? Should we try harder? Maybe. Some of us probably need to try a little harder, maybe think about scheduling time with God, but that's not always the answer. Do we beat ourselves up? Oh, I'm so bad, I'm so awful. No, 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 no. Don't do that. You know, if you do that, by the way, um, you've done enough of it. So don't worry. You're, you're, you're covered. You don't have to do that anymore. Um, should we give up? That's the worst option at all. To say, oh, I just can't, I can't. My suggestion for you would be this. What do we do? What can we do? Remember that Jesus prayed for you. It's a pretty powerful thought. Jesus prayed for you. When he prayed, not just you, but all the millions of people who believe he had in his mind, he prayed for you. He prayed that you would have a relationship with God and he wanted it so badly that he died and gave his life. And now he prays that you will know God. That you will know who he is and you will share that intimacy. He knows where you and I are at in our relationship with God and he loved us anyway. That's an amazing prayer. And he calls us to set aside the demands, the pressures of life and to come to him and to get a chance to remember his beauty glory. To, be, to remember that he protects and he provides. And to remember that it's not all up to me. It's not all up to you. It's not all up to us. Because someone better, stronger, more wonderful is looking out for you and for me. How do you do this? 
we live into this prayer by we look by looking again at what God has done. Sometimes, you know, to, to move into the future, you've got to look into the past and ask yourself, how has God revealed himself to me? What do I know about God? When are those moments when I can look back and say, I know God was there? What did you learn? Don't forget where you've been. Don't forget what he's done for you. Embrace eternal life with God as, as, as right now. As the, the wonderful gift of life has been given to you now. Not just in the future, although that's coming, but now. To be with God is the greatest gift. And the one that we so often, me included, let pass away as we do all the other you know, urgent things of life. Entrust yourself to his protection and his provision rather than primarily your abilities and efforts. That's hard, isn't it? To say, you know, God, today, as I walk into this day and as I walk into these meetings, I will prepare, I will, I, will, I will pray, but, you know, in the end, I trust you, not what I can do. That you can work out this business deal. You can work out this relationship with a family member. This is your job, not mine. My job is to be connected with you and walk with you through it. To look and to listen again at the words that Jesus give us that set us free and that give us a purpose. It's a great thing. God has a purpose for you. To know him and to make him to the ends of the earth. Without an eternal life with God together in community, there's no way that we can build a church that will reflect God in this culture, in this community. And that's the second part of what God wants. What, he, what Jesus prays is, is that as people experience God, as they know the joy, the freedom, the forgiveness, that that they will together live in such a way that people look around and say, why are those people so different? I mean, you know, different not always in a bad way, but in a good way. What is it about them? And that in time, they'll say, I want to know that Savior. And this is a community event. It's not just something that, that one person does and says, I'm going to be the person who, who uh, lives right and enjoys God. It's something that we all are called to do together. And therefore, we can all destroy, or at least hinder, or make hard. God calls us in community to live together, to experience him, and then to let that experience of joy, of freedom, of forgiveness, to, to live out with each other into the external life of God's community. You know, at this point, as we move from the internal to the external, there are a lot of dangers that we can mess up and the church has messed up in, in the past. The first danger that I want to just say real quickly, and there's three of them, is just that, that as we think about going out into the world and living together in community so people see who God is, we start to go, you know what, I have to, I have to wait until I get my life with God, you know, together. So everything's just right because if, if they look at, you know, kind of me in a process with God, they'll go, well, they'll see me. Well, that's true, they will see you, but they'll also see God. And guess what? You ain't never going to get perfect, as they would say in the South. You're not going to get perfect now here. You're always going to have flaws. I'm always going to have flaws. We're always going to have flaws. But you know, the great thing is God can help people to see what he wants them to see, which hopefully will not be our imperfection, but the beauty of Christ reflected. You know, the other the other danger is that as, as individuals in community, we only do... We only do things when, when we feel right 
about it. So we kind of go, you know, well, I'm not sure about that or this or the other because uh, I just don't feel quite right about it. So, you know, sometimes that's good and we should think about it, but you know, sometimes there, there are things I should do I, I don't feel really right about because I just am thinking about me and not other people. And then sometimes we only do what we like because, well, we're, we're hedonists, aren't we? We, we want to do what I want to do. We want to do what makes me feel good. Or, or we only do things that make us feel bad because we think if, it, if it's painful and hurtful and difficult, then that must be the right thing to do, right? And that's, that's wrong as well because God doesn't call us just to do things because we feel like it or we don't feel like it. Some critical things to remember as we think about our external life, our life together in such a way that people can see is that we grow, we grow with God and we serve God as we serve each other in God's name. You know, there's a big difference when I, when I serve you for what Paul can give me and when I serve you for what God can give me. You get the difference there? When I look at you for what I can gain, I might say, well, you know, if, I, if I'm nice to you or something, you might give something back to me. But if I look at you and say, what can God gain from you? What, what, why did God put you here? What is it that you uniquely and wonderfully have to offer that no one else in this room has to offer? And how can we draw that out so that everybody can enjoy it and so God can go, that, that person is doing exactly what I made him do. It is so wonderful to see. That's the glory of God. When the beauty of who you are becomes apparent because God is at work through you. You know, the New Testament is filled with these kinds of commands that help make that to happen. It's called the one another command. To pray for one another. To love one another. To forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us. Pretty hard thing. To bear with one another. To be patient with one another. To serve one another. To rebuke one another. To encourage one another. And to teach one another. And the list goes on. But these commands are designed to help us to stimulate and encourage and help each other to be all that God intended to be. You know, my life in this community is tied in with your life in this community. What I do and what you do affects all the other people. And that's, that's one of the reasons, to be honest, we don't want to be in community, don't do we? We're afraid. But you know what? God doesn't worry about that. He says, you know, this is where life is found. Put your fears away. Yes, there will be messes. Yes, things won't always be right. Because this is where life is found. And you know what? Here there's grace, which means you can make mistakes and be forgiven. You know, the reality in, in this community uh, that we have right now is, is some people um, here are struggling. And they're not just struggling because life is hard, although we have some of that as well. But they're struggling because they're serving. Um, they're giving of themselves in certain in certain places, in certain ministries, but there's not enough other people alongside. It's kind of like if they had if there was a hundred kilogram weight up here, and uh, and they're trying to pick that up by themselves, or maybe two people, and they're struggling because really you need probably four people or one of Alan to t to help you out. You know? I. I he thinks I could do it. I could roll over onto it and die, yes. But, you know, it makes a big difference when four people carry that. Or five people or six people together. And one or two. And we have some people that are struggling right now because there's not, there's, people are not coming alongside helping them. 
The other side is this, as many people here, would you could be feeling like, well, well, Paul, I didn't know. And that's absolutely legitimate. We, we haven't told you. By the way, now we're telling you. So that hopefully you can be aware of, of that there are needs in there. And they're not just needs so that we can be busy and we can get some things done and, and we can pat ourselves on the back, but it's busy because we want people to reconnect to God so we have a chance. We want people to, to learn who Christ is and, and, and answer the questions they have so we have access. Um, we have things uh, for the youth because that's a very important time in their life to be able to think about God and to be able to ask questions. And they are the future church. So they're important, not just as people, but in terms of what God's community will be. So I don't tell you that people are struggling to to make you feel bad, but to make you aware that there is a need. And I'll talk about that in just a second as we as we do this sheet. What's the goal? The goal in all of this is, as a community, as we think about our external life, is this: is not just to get things done, but that God would receive glory, that the beauty of who He is would be reflected in the, what we do and the way we relate to each other as we do it. And that is just as important. There are some places, and I will say some churches, that I think they, they do great things, but the way they did that over time, the way things get done, it's not pretty. It's not honoring. It looks good on the outside, but the internal dynamics are all messed up. God says, you know, fix the internal. Don't just look at the outside, but fix the inside as well. You know, throughout life, we have to ask again and again, as I do something, as I help this person, am I concerned about me? Am I thinking about what people will think about as they see me? Or am I thinking about, will God be pleased? Will God go, well done, good for you? Because it is possible, and this passage brings that out, it is possible that sometimes people around you kind of go, What's that? Don't, don't do that. And God says, all right, well done. It doesn't always work that way, okay? So don't just say, go out and try to get people mad and think, I'm honoring God. So, but, but sometimes, to stand up and to say, and to live in a way that reflects Christ will cost you. Jesus says it's okay. It cost me. But the benefit was so great that at that moment the glory of God was the, the, the third thing is this, just in terms of thinking about our external life together, is in, in every community, whether it's your home, whether it's your business or whatever, there are what is called fam, what I like to call family chores that no one likes to do. I, I don't know why it is in our family, but none of our kids were born with the desire to clean toilets. I don't know why. You know, it would have been nice to have, we tried four, and then we stopped. Because nobody, you know, they were, it, I don't know why. But nobody nobody likes to really uh, do windows unless we pay them, and then they're willing. So it's amazing, you know. There are certain things, and there are certain things in church, you know, that people are not always excited to do, you know. Uh, there are a lot of people that are not really excited about getting here at 9 o'clock and carrying boxes down, you know, from on the other side of the hotel over here to set up everything so it's, it's done. But it makes a big difference. Or after the service when you'd like to have a cup of coffee and talk and chat with people that, you know, no, I, I need to help take the boxes back and put them away. Maybe once a month. But you know what? It makes a big difference. It's family chores. If everybody does a little bit, guess what? It's not a big burden on anybody. But if not enough people do something, it becomes a bigger burden. 
And our goal, our desire as a church is to lighten the load by all of us sharing in what and what needs to be done. And to, to that end, I just want to, I'll do this, I'll let you see this again next week, so this is not your last chance, don't worry. Uh, but, but on this sheet, which is almost always in the back, there are different ways and places that you can help here at the church, whether it's in sound, which we need some people to help out with sound, um, whether it's in setup, cleanup, whether it's alpha, ushers, a lot of these things, it's not a lot of work. But I tell you what, it's very important. The life of this community and to us being healthy. And, and the, the challenge we have right now, to be very honest, is if there are some people that are working really hard, but if they keep it up at this pace, they'll drop out. And then a few other people that are left will work even harder, and after a while, we'll just say, we can't do this anymore. Which, in the end, if we don't need the ministry, it's not that important. We can let it go. At least I can let it go. But there are some things, I think, that are really important, like our kids and the youth, that we don't want to say we can do. We want to say this is really important. And to that end, I want to give a, a big thank you to those that are volunteering and that have volunteered, that are making that happen. And we appreciate you. Uh, we applaud you. We are thankful for your service. Uh, it makes a big difference uh, in what happens here at All Nations Church. So think about this in terms of ways that you might be able to help. Again, if you're new here, um, look at this, put it away. Don't think about it, okay? These are for the people, this is for the people who said, this is my church. And I can be a part of, in a small way, what makes the church function. And if you wonder, you know, why do we do this thing? On the other side is our, our vision statement, our mission statement, and kind of the full circle circle of the different ministries in the church and kind of, uh, you know, kind of seeing the, the bigger picture of what happens in the life of a nation's church. So, lastly, and probably most importantly is this, is that as we live together well, as we live together with an internal life that, that reflects itself in relationship to others, the world will see and believe. I don't know exactly how that happens, but I do know that when a church has a deep relationship with God and is lovingly serving one another and others outside the church, guess what? People come. They, they've, they've tasted the greatness and the glory of Jesus. They, they just taste it and they want Maybe it's just, you know, I'm a little, you notice I'm a little bit rounder than some people. But have you ever been someplace or to a buffet or someplace where you tasted something and said, I've got to get more of that. That is so, that's the best. You know, we were just, I was just at a wedding in Chamonix and we had some, we, I said to someone, we ate like kings and now I need to live like someone who's a, a famine diet. So, you know, but, but you taste some, I've got to have more of that. You know what? That's what it's like when people see the life of Christ naturally flowing out of us. They want to. They want more. And when they come and find out it's through Jesus we get this, then introduce me to that Jesus because I want that. But we can't manufacture that. We can't produce it. We can't put it on a poster. And as good as our website is in terms of inviting people and letting them know that we're here, you know what? If they come and they don't see the joy of an internal life in community with God, then they go, oh, nice website but not much reality. And the goal is not for us to look good, but the goal is for us to enjoy and live with God so that God is reflected as being God and people are ultimately drawn to Him. Now, let us give thanks that God has given us His Spirit to guide us in our life with Him and with each other because without the Spirit, 
All of these words make no difference. There's no power. Let us thank God that he has given us his word so that we know what life looks like. How this lives out. Let us thank God that he has given us each other with our God-given differences so that together under him the church can reflect the beauty and the glory of God. Today, if there's no thankfulness in your heart, and that can happen, you know, pastors as well, that can happen, then open God's word again. Read this prayer again and let it soak over you because Jesus is inviting you into something incredible and beautiful and wonderful and nourishing healing. If you're not thankful, talk to someone. Ask them to pray for you. Ask them a question. Ask them to help you with, with what is making it hard to give If you are thankful, express it. Let it live. You know, I, I don't know, just briefly, there seems to be a difference, and I'm just starting to pick this up and get, I don't understand it, but I can see it. There's a difference to me from our, our uh, maybe, uh, our Northern Europeans uh, and the, uh, the Africans and some of the other people from the Caribbean and South America. You know, us Northern Europeans, can, can we can go, yes, I have the joy of the Lord. <laughs> and I am really happy. <laughs> and I think the Africans look at us and say, you can't be happy. Because there's nothing going on in the rest of your body, you know. And I'm not suggesting that that we need to, um, you know, some of us who are more like this need to be jumping up and down, or that those who, of you who are more expressive need to sit down. But you know what? If you're really experiencing the joy, the life of Christ, it shows. It cannot be condemned. Don't let it be condemned. And find ways to serve here and outside that make a difference. And when we do, everybody, God, Father, Holy Spirit, those who believe, those who have questions, those who absolutely don't believe will benefit from the life of Christ. Would you bow your heads with me and pray? Father, we give you thanks that Jesus prayed for us. That he wanted us to share in something that's really beyond our complete comprehension, but enough that we can take it. The greatness of who you are, and that we get to share in that in our life individually with you, in our life in community with others, and in our life with those who, who don't agree or don't believe, so that they see you more and more and see less of us. Help us, we pray, to live into this truth. Help us to not rely upon ourselves, but to turn and rely upon you. We give you thanks for your word and your spirit and these people. Help us together to do great things for your name. In Jesus' name. Amen.